Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Good morning, TTB community. I'm Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the jocular Robert Domena. Jocular? Is, does that mean like I'm jockey, like a sporty guy? No, it doesn't. It actually okay. means funny and jesting. Okay. Like, like happy, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely happy. I'm not, I don't think I'm the funniest guy in the world. Like, I don't really, I'm not a goofy, funny guy, but thank you. I appreciate that. I, I mean, your sure. look right now is pretty funny. Well, are, are you referring to my hair? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I kind of like it. Uh, I've never had longer hair, so I'm going to see where it goes. Um, yeah. Just make sure you don't put it into a man bun. Well, it's not long enough yet, but I think that I, I'm going to, I might have to try it out. I, you know, I, I'm all about new experiences. So why not try a new experience with my looks? Sure. What Let's do we move have? on. Let's move on. Okay. So, so today is our travel bites episode where we break down the current events, whatever's going on in the travel world. Uh, obviously right now, coronavirus is still dominating, not only just in news in general, but travel news as well. Today, we're going to give a brief update on the coronavirus as it relates to travel restrictions and care. We're going to get into the Cook Islands a little bit, an electric plane, something Elliot is extremely excited about and I am uh, interested in hearing more on, and travel restrictions in the EU and how they plan on opening back up to uh, tourism, essentially, Right. And then at the end of the episode, we'll give you a brief update on who we have on this month. And remember, there is no trivia question, but stay tuned during our guest episodes for each trivia question and shoot us an email uh, or shoot us a direct message on Instagram and Facebook if you have the answer. The last episode was Kit and you still have time to get your answers in. Right. And we have also updated our website to include virtual tours to help with your cabin fever. And right now we only have two, but we are hoping to get more from past and future guests. And for an even more awesome experience, watch them with VR goggles if you have them. Oh, that's a pretty cool, cool idea. Do you have yourself. Do you have, do you have the VR goggles I, yet? No, not yet. No. I mean, you, you I. can get like Oculus Rift. I think there's some stuff that you can get pretty cheaply for phones or you just like put it right on your face. Right, right. Okay, so so this first article that we have is just an update on coronavirus. Uh, as usual, regardless of what you hear on this podcast, it's always good to go to the CDC's website and get that information on your own and maybe read through something that might be, might, uh, be more particular to your, your personal circumstances. So, Elliot, what did we find out uh, from the CDC and, and reopening strategies as they relate to travel? You know, this was actually, I can thank my wife for this because we were talking about this this week. And we're kind of getting to the point where we want to see people and we're not sure if we can. And according to the CDC, which has very specific guidelines and they rank them as low risk, medium risk, high risk, and everywhere in between, that as long as you're staying, you know, six feet apart, that it's not a highly social area, like pools and beaches, they said are pretty much okay. Beaches are better than pools because there's more space. And as long as you're not visiting family or friends that are extremely high risk or that you know they've had it, then you're likely going to be okay. And obviously, there are a lot of different conditions that apply. So make sure you check out the website and they, the CDC's website, just to clarify. They talk about considerations for people thinking about travel. And then if you already are traveling, they have a whole list of considerations for those that need to travel. It's very, very valuable. It's not worth running through the whole thing. Just 
check it out. And to add to that, there is um, a website. We will have it in our travel notes in our newsletter. It's iatatravelcenter.com, and they have a map of the world that shows which countries are totally restrictive to travel, partially restrictive, or if they have no regulations related to COVID-19. Okay. So the this first article that you you added to our Travel Bites um, episode is related to the Cook Islands. And, you know, we don't talk about the Cook Islands a lot. And for those of you who might not know where they are, they're way out in the uh, Pacific. They're like almost due south of Hawaii, kind of due west of almost Lima, Peru, just really out in the middle of nowhere. So what's going on in the Cook Islands? Why did we have them? Why are we, why are we going to talk about them today? Well, I think this, this actually came from Bloomberg. And I thought this was a really interesting article because it basically is a case study of nations and cities that really focus on tourism to survive. And this nation, the Cook Islands, took it upon themselves to sacrifice all of the income from tourism so that they could preserve tourism later, so they could protect the people that live in their country. And they are projected to have a gross domestic product 60% less than they did last year, which is huge. And it's paid off. Like they have, granted, they only have 18,000 people and they are very isolated to begin with. But since, you know, 50% of the people that come that are on that island at any given time are tourists. They haven't had a single case of COVID-19. Wow. So they're going to wait this out. I'd be curious to see when they think that it's appropriate because are they going to wait for zero cases or or are they going to allow Americans to come there and maybe quarantine for a few weeks? I'm curious to see how they actually continue to preserve this as things open up and eventually they will need that extra income. So that's, it's a very interesting um, approach. It's great that they didn't get a single case. I know uh, a nearby nation, American Samoa, also did not get a single case of, of coronavirus. Now, I should say that I, I didn't check today. I didn't check even this week. But when I did read about American Samoa, they did not contract any coronavirus cases there. So these island nations being so isolated, it, it was a little bit easier. And I am go- I am going to be curious to see how they try to open back up to the tourism dollars that they so heavily ro- rely on. Yeah. while keeping these cases to to zero. Yeah, zero. but I think that's a broader conversation of what is travel going to look like? We're going to have different things to think about when we travel now because COVID-19 isn't going to go away anytime soon. And there are considerations that travel might not open up until 2022, which would be absolutely devastating. It's already been devastating to every single major like tourist country. Well, what about the correspondence that we've had with a guest who we actually who will be coming out next month, Paulo of of Perth? I don't know if you saw the correspondence. I was going back with him in our DMs on our Instagram page. And yeah, he's saying that Australia might not allow international travel, even for someone, even for an Australian citizen, until 2023. So you're not even going to be able to leave the island until 2023 for travel. I we didn't really get deep into the conversation, so I don't know exactly what's going on there, but. It's and it's all speculation com- until it actually happens. Right, right. They're throwing around the idea of not letting anybody leave until 2023. And from what I'm understanding now with traveling to Australia and New Zealand, I don't think you and I as Americans can expect to go until then either. They did they did a really good job of of 
limiting the amount of cases. They, they brought it down to a very low number. And I don't think they're going to be very open to just allowing anybody to come in anymore, which no, is unfortunate think, because New Zealand was the country that we kind of were planning on going to next. It so. is really unfortunate and it, it's yeah. a big bummer. And I think the only way countries are going to allow tourism to restart is if there is a global system of basic, a global database to check if you have had COVID-19, if you were exposed to it, or if you're immune to it. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I speaking on people that we've talked to as well, something to just throw, throw in there. I was talking to Matt Waugh, who is a close friend of the podcast. Yeah. Now he's Trek a guy hoppers. That, Trek Hoppers Peru. He takes people to Machu Picchu. He does the whole sustainable tourism um, thing in Peru. He got stuck in Colombia. And when things started to close down, he was he got isolated in Colombia. He's married. He has a wife in Peru. He lives in Pisac but he could not travel from Colombia to Peru because of the lockdown. And because he's not technically a, he's a resident of Peru, but he's not a citizen of Peru, they wouldn't allow him to travel. And South America, countries like Colombia and Peru have put extremely harsh lockdowns on their citizens. I mean, if you're an American listening to this or, or a European or Canadian and, you're list, and you think that the lockdowns were strict here, look into what they did in South America in countries like Peru, uh, Colombia, maybe even Ecuador. I mean, police were, were monitoring the streets. And so he got stuck there with limited supplies, limited internet. I mean, when, when I would talk back and forth with him, I said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? He doesn't have the Wi-Fi to do it. He only has a certain amount of clothes that he's ran through. He's actually, he can still go on hikes. So he'd go out into the wilderness and he'd explore different hikes and kind of try to figure out new trails that he could operate with once he gets back into business. But he hiked through his shoes, through the soles of his shoes. And you <laughs> yeah, can't, I saw he, that. Yeah, and you, we can't even mail him shoes. because wow. the, the, So he's just stuck there. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's getting frustrated. And it's just an unbelievably hard time for him right now. And that's just another idea of what's, I mean, that's a completely different content moving from Australia to, to South America. And that's kind of what we're hearing is going on there. Bringing it back to, to Venice, I've talked to Igor, a friend of yeah. the podcast, who operates the company Tour Leader Venice. And he is saying that Italy has opened up as uh, under this new normal. Bars are open, restaurants are open, people are walking the streets again. They haven't allowed in foreign tourists yet, but people are are out and about in, in cities like Venice, which is an incredibly tiny city where everybody's on top of each other. They're trying to... to to maneuver through this new normal in this post-coronavirus yeah, world. Unless so, you're in one of the squares, I don't think you can get six feet of separation between those walkways. I think that was one of the biggest issues with Italy in general is that, or Europe, I mean, Italy and Spain, you have these cities that were developed pre-car. They were developed yeah. for the walking person. They're tiny, narrow streets. And maybe They're, a chariot. Maybe a chariot. Right, right. Yeah. But the cities were designed around around walking. And so they're on top of each other. And it's just, I mean, I, I, I found it very interesting to talk to the friends that we've made through the, on this podcast in different con different continents and different countries. And hey, what's going on there? It's, it's been quite, it's been cool to be able to do that and have those connections. Yeah, for sure. So before we get into the electric plane, we, why don't we just stay on the subject of COVID-19 and talk sure. about specific countries and how they plan to lift restrictions if they do intend to, and what their plans are for the near future. Yeah. So something I want to mention before we even get into this is that for a majority of these countries, these, e these European Union countries that we're going to talk about, and then maybe a little bit of South American ones, there's no mention of US travelers being allowed in for the most, for EU countries. So let me just say that again, because I kind of bounced around. For a majority of the European Union countries, there are still, there's still no mention 
for U.S. travelers to enter them. Most of these openings from June into July are only for EU citizens that can then travel across those borders. That's kind of where this is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot, if you go yeah, ahead. To add to that, so other countries are forming, as the CNN article talked about, travel bubbles. And Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are basically letting their citizens travel within their countries, almost like one country. Right. But we're not seeing that in many other places. I guess the EU is kind of doing that. It's easy for the EU to create travel bubbles, but I think you're also going to see the travel bubble with uh, Australia and New Zealand. Zealand. They'll have their own travel bubble. I did see something about some of the Balkan countries creating a travel bubble, Croatia and Bosnia, Montenegro. Those countries that share tourism, and well, I, yeah, I mean, share tourism within each other. Mm-hmm. They're going to create their own travel bubble. Maybe we'll create one with Canada. I don't know. It, that, that would or make Mexico. sense. Canada and Mexico, right? Mexico is yeah. a, a huge travel destination for Americans. So, but I don't, I still don't think there's any significant opening of just international travel where Americans can just freely travel to Europe. I just, I, I haven't read about it yet. Maybe we haven't seen the article, but it doesn't seem to be going that route at least for the first half of summer. Yeah. And so the first one, the first country that we talked about, or we're going to talk about is France. And this one actually kind of mentions not specifically United States citizens, but non-EU citizens. And anyone outside of the EU will have to, will be subject to a compulsory 14-day coronavirus quarantine until at least July 24th. Yeah. Yeah, it's and I wouldn't be surprised if other EU countries adopted that same policy. Right. I, I didn't realize France was the most visited country in the world before coronavirus pandemic. I would have I would have maybe given that to Italy, but yeah. Um, so countries like Germany. Germany is lifting restrictions for outside travel on June fifteenth for other EU nations. Yeah. Thailand. Thailand's borders are firmly shut down for the time being. There doesn't didn't see seem anything. like they have a time frame. Right. They, they were hit relatively hard uh, as far as Southeastern Asian countries go, but nothing like we saw in the United States. Um, Mexico, right? They're aiming to welcome visitors back within weeks. Now, I don't know if that's Americans as well. I believe it, it is. Okay. So, so they're, I mean, yeah. So they'll open up to Americans. Um, yeah. And we actually have an episode coming out in August about Oaxaca in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And Italy, the country that I was supposed to be visiting in September, started opening or will start to open on June 3rd for people from the EU and the UK and other principalities within Italy, like like the Vatican, for example. Does anybody live in the Vatican other than the people who work there? I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question, Bob. Right. Yeah. Another time. Yeah. Yeah. A question for another time. So. Yeah. And then the UK is basically doing what France is doing for all travelers outside of the EU will be required to isolate, self-isolate for a 14-day period. And they actually may require EU citizens too as well. Yeah. And Spain, from what I understand right now, if you were to visit Spain as a EU resident, you would be subject to quarantine. However, in July, they actually plan on removing that two-week quarantine period uh, and, and allowing you to travel within the country. But again, Still no mention of Americans, North Americans, or people of any other nation being able to travel within Spain at this point in time. Yeah. So that wraps so, up our travel bites. Actually, sorry, I completely no, forgot. Yeah, yeah, that wraps up our coronavirus. Our talk. coronavirus travel. Right. Yep. 
and, so, and get into something that I, I love how you, you really I'm so passionate about this. You are, you are. And, and I, I'm glad you are because I also am passionate. I mean, I am also incredibly <laughs> interested in it, but you make sure that it stays in the forefront of my mind and this, the technological advancements that we have in the electric world stay relevant to me. So, so let's, I'll let you take it from here. So this is a follow-up to a Travel Bites episode that we did from July of last year. It's episode 51 if you want to look into it. And this is an electric plane. It's a Cessna. I think it seats six people maybe. But it historically flew for 30 minutes only on electric power. And this is a huge, huge step forward for the electric flight industry and eventually commercial flights. Because if electric planes have the ability to make travel extremely efficient. So right now we have a heavy reliance on jet fuel. And if you're traveling a lot, you have a very large carbon footprint. And as most of you listening are probably self-aware of the environment and you care about it as much as Bob and I do, then you want to limit how much you are contributing to climate change. And that's hard when you want to travel. So this will also ultimately make flights cheaper and more accessible, right? Because the whole basis of electric engines and electric vehicles is that there are significantly less parts. So it's more that's more on the technical side, but usually a electric car compared to a gas-powered car has a tenth of the number of items that are required wow. to build it. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. And that's and- that's that goes into the global supply chain. So if you look at if you look at the construction of a Chevy Silverado versus a Chevy Bolt, the Chevy Silverado requires parts to be sourced from all over the world, and the Chevy Bolt only requires parts to be sourced from all over the world, but it's 10% of the amount. So a lot less shipping. Yeah. And, and so do you think like, would you be able to, with the information that you have or the knowledge that you have on this, would you be able to get a timeline of like an estimated timeline of when we can expect commercial (sighs) flights to be available? Like local airports, I'd say electric planes will be commercially available. I want to say 10 years, large planes, like your 737, 747s, I'm going to say it's at least 20 years. Do you know if Elon Musk has any interest in commercial, electric commercial space travel? Or I'm I sorry, don't. not space travel, just commercial air travel? No? I don't, but I do know that his pursuit of a 1 million mile electric battery is going to revolutionize all electric vehicles and yeah. electric parts. Yeah, wow. Like including it's- lawn equipment. It's pretty cool to be alive during the the forefront or the beginning stages of this technology. It's, it is. I think it. I think I'll have grandkids by the time it'll be mainstream. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> I agree, but it's good yeah. for them. It is. It is. Yeah. It's incredible for them. All so, right. Who do we have coming up this month? Ah, uh, this month is a good one. So we start with Paulo. He. Everyone's a good one. Every month's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I say that the other day I had a guy telling me, he's like, you think everybody's fascinating. And you know what? Uh, uh, because maybe everybody is. Maybe everybody well, we, is in we their own fascinating way. people because that's who we right, want to talk to. That's right, who we want right. to share their stories. That's what we do. That's what we do. So Paulo uh, motorbiked across two continents. This guy was awesome. I can't wait to share some of his pictures because he <laughs> looks like the most interesting man in the world. 
beautiful gray beard nice he's got the he's got those experienced looking wrinkles on his face he's you know he's got the tattoos covered in tattoos really cool guy great conversation we follow that one up with simon a unique london tour guide very uh kind of quirky little hipstery but gives us insight on the side of london that most people don't really think of and it was just a great conversation on maybe like the the inner workings or the underground scene and then ash Man, I, I, I am a sucker for adventure stories, and Ash was the adventurer. He hiked across the continent of, I'm sorry, the country of Mongolia. He hiked across the entire country, the island nation of Madagascar. North to south, and, not east to west. Right, right, the hard way. <laughs> the and, hard then, way. and then he hiked across, or he walked, the entire length of the Yangtze River. I think in, it took him. Yeah. In China. It was yeah. like a year. Yeah, I mean, he battled, he battled uh, dehydration. Don't do, he don't don't do too much. Okay, all right. You know what? You're gonna have to listen. But to find I will out. say the Ash one is broken into two episodes because our conversation was so enthralling we couldn't put it all in one. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we could not stop that in an hour. We had to let the man just speak, and we just were both, I think, mouths open, just purely uh, yeah. just enthralled as you just said. So that's what we have coming up. Um, if you're listening to this and you like our podcast and you haven't yet subscribed, please do. We release new podcasts uh, every week with a new adventure, with the exception of our monthly travel bites, which you're listening to right now. We have a YouTube page, brand new, which we're going to actually incorporate the video snippets that we take from our video chats with our guests, and you'll be able to actually visually experience our podcast as opposed to audio, audioly, audio, audio, the audio version, whatever it is, audibly. Yeah, you're right. So uh, subscribe. Join us, join the TTB community, check out our website. Virtual tours are starting to get uploaded there. Uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter, which is essentially the show notes and information of what we have going on behind the scenes, you will then be provided with a travel cheat sheet, which is a document that can give you quick insight on uh, booking accommodations, air travel, um, how to navigate a city, things like that. So if you want that extra step or that extra help, subscribe to the newsletter. We'll send you the cheat sheet. And, uh, and we're happy to have you. Thank you for listening to the podcast.